Hello, you're listening to a spoiler-filled film conversation. Hooray! Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Heroes in a Half Shell, Motherfucker! Um, don't you mean Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles, Rich? We are British, oh. after all. <laughs> Fuck off. No, the films were never called that. There's just the cartoon and the merchandise. Yeah, that's the theme he was singing. Get down off your nerd horse, nerd. Don't care about your <laughs> yeah, facts never. and figures. Never. Anyway, turtle power and all that, guys. Uh, I'm Richard. <laughs> You've never sounded more like a white politician in your life. <laughs> May I just say, cowabunga dudes. <laughs> <laughs> I made a funny. <laughs> yeah, anyway, I am Richard. Hello. With me to talk about the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film is uh, Abby. Hello. Anthony. Radical man. Uh, he, has, he has a cold. He's yeah, not, sorry. doesn't mean to sound so pathetic. <laughs> and Jamie. Bossing over. <laughs> Did they say any phrases that are actually... I think it's Michelangelo. There's some ones where you're like, is that a th- was that a thing? <laughs> like, is that a phrase yeah, yeah. you used to use? Oh, I've got a whole list of phrases I have an issue with, but we'll come to that <laughs> in a minute. <laughs> Sprinkle them in as if you want. Um, but anyway, it was uh, Jamie's pick this week. He selected uh, the film so he can give you the details in case you're like, oh, but Rich, they've reinvented the turtle so many times. I can't tell what one you're talking about. Well, Jamie will clear it up for you right now. Or if you're saying, I've never heard of any such thing as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, well, welcome to planet Earth, where we have yeah. <laughs> so some, some turtles this, that save the day. This one we are talking about is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from 1990. So it's the first live-action film based on, what was at that point, a one of the biggest cartoon toy adverts to come out of the 80s. True. Um, directed by Steve Barron, based on the comics by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. Uh, it stars Judith Hogue, Elias Cotius, and, I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to go through the whole cast, because it's a bunch of stuntmen and Corey Feldman. Um, yeah. Sam Rockwell's in it. Yes, that's true. For, Very a hot, for a hot second. Four Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles emerge from the shadows to protect New York City from a gang of criminal ninjas. Weird. A bit, yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, this film is about, uh, it's a version of the origin story of this, but it's been done, they've, you know, we've people, or every generation has their turtles in a way, don't they? At some point, you'll come it's... across the Ninja Turtles, and it it depends how old you are. It will depend on if you like the comic books, the cartoon, the films, then the films, then the films, the comics. <laughs> the, no, sorry, the cartoons again. The, the cartoons video... again, again. <laughs> you know. Um, it is surprising how long this franchise has lasted. I mean, it, it's it's still going. That's yeah. like. What is it, 87 the cartoon started? I don't know when the comic was first published, but it's really weird that 
it was this little indie comic that was designed to be a piss take of superhero comics in the 80s. Yeah, it was like a black and white subversive comic that was, yeah, like you yeah, say, it's really, the piss. It's, it's really fucking violent and, like, it's full of sort of dark humour and, it, yeah, it's like a, it's a satire on, like, edgy superhero comics that were coming out, um, like, emerging in the 80s. Um, and there's, like, references to, like, the, the ooze that... Uh, turns them into the turtles is from um, the Daredevil comics. Well, first of um, all, they are turtles. The ooze turns them into giant, muscly teenage turtles. <laughs> yes. Um, the, foot, the foot's a reference to Daredevil as well, isn't it? Yeah, they it's, have the hand in, yeah, the dare, in Daredevil. It's, oh. it's so fucking weird. And also, something I didn't realise uh, is that this, this film, and also uh, I think um, the two that the two that followed are actually based on various issues of the comics. Oh, right. um, I think this one, I mean, I guess we'll get into it later, but this one tries at least to stick to the comics as well as being, a, you know, as well as cashing in on it being a kid's franchise at this point. Yeah, it's really the 1980s. Was it, was it in the 90s as well? The cartoon, or does it just still air the, in the 90s? The cartoon... The cut, no, it the would have led into the nineties. Yeah, it started in eighty-seven, and I, it went on into the nineties. Yeah, um, so that's like that. That really is when it went from just a thing to like mega popular. Like, you know, that's when the turtles really rocketed into like pop culture. And for many people, it's the go-to one. Like, even though there's they've been reinvented again and again. That's kind of your template for what the turtles will always end up being, isn't it? The cartoon yeah. version. And uh, like, well, I guess I don't know. Were you going to do expectations and stuff? I kind of went off on a tangent. Yeah, I guess I w- just to check everyone's heard of the turtles and seen it before. Like, if, <laughs> any, if anyone's coming in blind to this, it'll really affect <laughs> the review. But um, Abby, I guess you, being the least little boy <laughs> here, <laughs> how well acquainted are you with uh, the turtles? And I this watched movie. the cartoon. I think I watched it the whole time it was airing. Who the fuck didn't? It's the best, <laughs> and it's also it's also quite shit in some ways, but it's still yeah, brilliant. Don't, don't look back on it. Don't watch it now. It's one of the ones though, where I can point the finger and say, "You made things weird for me later because you anthropomorphized turtles." <laughs> you say it affects. It, I mean, it, it's one of the things probably to blame with the fetishize, fetishize, fetishization and uh, lust for you know animal characters or furryism or whatever you want to call it. Is you that what you're saying, a, Abby? That you're into muscly for, turtles? Hold on. You can't be a furry for turtles. They're reptiles. Look, slimy. Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> I mean, if I'm, it was anything. I'm not saying I am one, but it would be scaly, I guess. Yeah. But I'm not. But I'm not Didn't saying I scales, go that far. Anyway, sorry. You don't go. You're. 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 But what are you saying about you, you, you? What are you saying? It just means that, like, it's. It should be weird that there are people just walking around that look like turtles, but. Well, in real life. Because. It just makes me feel like in real life 
stuff isn't as weird as it should be because I grew up watching stuff like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, where everyone's just like, yes, yeah, it's fine, they're turtles. What's wrong with that? Like, I don't understand the rules, no. So you're kind of saying the turtles set you up for, you know, sets the bar for weirdness. Oh, there's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in culture. So anything else is like, yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, it moved the bar. Oh, yeah, biker, is... <laughs> biker mice from Mars, you say. Oh, whatever. Street it's... sharks, you say. Oh, whatever. <laughs> well, you're right that it is a, like, it's a weird, it's an, like a weirdly significant cultural touchstone at this point. <laughs> which is, like, fucking bizarre to say, because it's four teenage turtles that eat pizza <laughs> say 80s buzzwords yeah but then that, like for a while in the 90s everything was like that where you had something was anthropomorphized yeah. they said loads of catchphrases and like they ate a specific kind of fast food like well, so like the hedgehog came out and it was like he's just a like a man like a he's a hedgehog that runs sideways in the video game but then suddenly he's like a chili dog obsessed sycophant teenager weirdo and it, like that's just everything that was for children was suddenly oh well the turtles do this so we should do a similar thing isn't it oh yeah there were numerous attempts to sort of recreate this with like you said street sharks there was bat i think battletoads was actually supposed to be a parody of the turtles wow which is even weirder because the turtles were a parody of superhero <laughs> comics originally so it's like this fucking endless loop of people taking the piss out of each other, the one, which is kind of what the 90s was. The one that, to me, was a bit too on the nose, and I didn't watch much of it, but um, Samurai Pizza Cats was like, come on, guys, you're not trying to... you got to go a few steps away from copying if the I, Well, if I remember that one right, that one was fairly... It was really self-referential. Like It, it owned the fact that it was very obviously... Not a cash-in on the Turtles, but trying to sort of ape it and it was it had a lot of jokes about the fact that it came out of that yes yeah i mean i'm not slagging them off i'm saying you know there's been a lot of things like the turtles but not the turtles yeah Um, it's weird how much of an influence it had on pop culture yeah and how many fucking like times around they've tried to go let's relaunch it but um just my expectations were uh oh abby had you seen this movie before yeah right I think... It had been a while. Yeah, I mean, if I watched it fairly soon to when it came out, I would have only been, like, eight, nine. Right. So, for me to remember it now would be extraordinary. So, it was one one and done, not like, oh, I love this, I'll watch it again and again. Yeah. I don't know how often it aired on TV, either. I think this is your classic uh, get-it-on-VHS tip. You know, oh yes, you own it on VHS tape territory. Really, um, I'll say uh, I obviously watched the eighties cartoon. It was the right. I was the right age at the right time. It was on TV. Bam, you got me. Uh, I, I, it's it's quite fun actually. Like some of the villains are really creative. I mean, you got a massive like dumb wrestler who has a brain monster in him. Like, I can't believe they don't do that. Like they don't do Krang or whatever more. In like movies, they, um, they always seem to avoid uh, him. But he's in he's in the second of the Michael Bay remakes. I see, I'll um, oh, see this. This was going to plan. Gonna... Sorry. Well, the plan was to have. I don't think 
was supposed to be it was going to be Krang, but it was going to be one of that race of aliens in the second film in in these, and it ended up just sort of not happening. There was, I, I went I went into the fucking trivia of all the like live action movies on IMDb, and there was all kinds of like planned stuff that just never happened. You've been sifting in the sewers to find out all the factoids. Well, hold hold on to them, Jamie. We'll see which ones that come up uh, as and when. It'll be interesting to know what things you found out, like, tangentially. But, um, yeah, so, okay, I like the characters, blah, blah, blah. The point is, I saw the cartoon, I saw at least the first two movies in the 90s. I I eventually, at some point, saw the shitty third one, the oh, really the shitty third one. Yeah, the third one's fucking wretched. <laughs> like, it's... You know, I, I did think I had a toy where the turtles were like a samurai... Yeah, um, I had one of them. I had loads of the movie action figures, and they were weird because they were, like, rubbery instead of plastic, so they had, like, a soft texture. Yeah. yeah, mine were all plastic, all my turtle toys. But anyway, my interest waned into adulthood. Uh, I, I did watch the film Turtles Forever, which takes mm-hmm. a few generations of, like, the mm. animated turtles and puts them all in a story, I think even including the comic versions. Yeah, it does. I, quite... I haven't seen it, but... It works. It, it like I I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was like it functioned as a as a movie for kids or whatever, and maybe even like adults who are you know a bit sad. Um, so I like, but I've, I I obviously I'm not a fucking fan of Michael Bay or anything he touches or produces or makes. Um, and also there's something when I saw the trailers for the Michael Bay ones, I kind of you know, almost cringed out of existence. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if I... I've, I've tried to watch one. I got about 15 minutes in before going, do you know what? It's not worth it. Like, I can't I can't do it. Like, it's his usual fucking epileptic CGI collage, isn't it? Like, it's slight, slightly dubious, to... slightly racist, sexist, patronising Americana <laughs> rubbish. I, I don't know. I, I didn't watch them. I've I've seen bits of like the modern animations, but I haven't watched any of the updated TV, you know, animation ones. So that's that's where I am. I'm kind of your classic turtle guy. Anthony, are you in the same turtle? Are you the same turtle vintage as me, or or what? <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, I used to have loads of videos back in the day of. Um... Of the Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles, um, yes. Oh. Uh, so I, mm. I used to watch them. Like I used to hammer them. I used to watch them all the time. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, and I did. I did remember the film. Like I did watch the film when I was young, and um, I, can't, I can't remember what I thought of it at the time. I obviously would have thought it was cool because probably, it's Teenage Mutant Turtles. It. Yeah, exactly. yeah. And then I remember seeing it a bit later on and being surprised. Um, at the tone of it, I remember it being like, "Wow, this is actually a little, little darker and grittier than I was expecting for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles." Um, but that was at least a decade ago. So, like this time around, I, w- I was expecting that. I was expecting a slightly darker tone, but still keeping like the humour of of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'd seen the um, the Turtles Forever thing, which I enjoyed. Um, I think I did read the first comic a long time ago, but I don't. I can't say I remember it. I do remember the Shredder being in it, but then him, the like dying, yeah, like 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 in this film. 
Yeah, he dies in the comic, but it's not in the same way as in the film. He is actually stat. He's run through by Leonardo with one of his swords. And then, in a subsequent comic, he is resurrected by worms. Just to give you an idea of how fucking weird the comics are. Was this was this the worms from like the video game worms or like Earthworm Jim or like which worms? Well, I were guess. They, I, I mean, and were they in league with the cats from like um, Batman? Was that like resurrected cat woman? <laughs> no, they like. I I don't know because it was just from piecing things together on Wikipedia, but it was something about the worms eating his decomposing body and then. Like, basically shitting out, you know, whatever they digested and that then rebuilding him. I don't know. Jesus. It's fucking it's weird. like Mortal Kombat yeah. with Cronenberg shit going on. Yeah. You obviously uh, saw these when you were a kid the first time. Did you bring them to us for some sort of reason or what? I watched this film fucking over and over again when I was a kid. Um, you know, I was already a well-established fan by the time this came out. Um I had the I had the soundtrack to this film on vinyl. Wow. Yeah. Oh. I know. I had a big record of it with the the cover, you know, the the like the poster of them emerging from the sewer that was yeah. on the cover. Um, I watched the cartoon. I watched this movie over and over again. I watched the sequels. I saw the third one in the cinema. Um, oh, which is I'm sorry. which is funny. Yeah, because you look mm-hmm. back on it now and it's yeah, it's fucking putrid. It's awful. But um, I I played Turtles in Time on the Super Nintendo back back to front over and over again, and the Fall of the Foot Clan on the Game Boy. Like I was a full on uh, Turtles fan. Oh, um, that reminded me of the arcade game. Um, yeah, yeah, I used to play that all the time. But that, yeah, same. I, yeah, and like then as I you know I. You, I got older and I fell off. And uh, Did but... your, your autistic obsession wane slightly? <laughs> yeah, it moved on to other things, but um, but I always sort of had. Um, I can't remember how I first found out about the comics, but I was always really curious about like just all the all the weirder part, like shit going on underneath the mainstream fan- franchise stuff. So I've always sort of every now and again gone back and dug into like some of the lore and like been interested i haven't seen any of the newer like cartoons or anything but i i find it really interesting to see how many times different teams of people go back to the well on this one and keep like how many times different ways how many times can we reinvent henchmen become rhinos and pig monsters (laughs) and have funny haircuts and like silly sunglasses i have heard the newer cartoons not the cgi one the newer like traditional cartoon one was pretty good but i don't i never saw it i didn't you're you're not 10 anymore so it's like exactly why would you um but like i just i do think it's a really i don't know it's a fascinating piece of pop culture and it's interesting that it's still around and it's still being redone and it was such a huge phenomenon for something that had such a small and humble start and that it was already made to take the piss and then ended up becoming like a fucking tentpole of 90s cult pop culture. Um, Then this is perfect. We shall now take the piss out of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. (laughs) (laughs) Or, you know, lord it 
with praise. We'll see. Well, Maybe you guys are in love with it as well. I did a similar thing to Anthony. I watched this first film a few years ago. Um, I suppose to torment myself and see if it was <laughs> another fucking Super Mario Brothers. But um, I was pleasantly surprised that it wasn't as bad as I was expecting it to be. Well, compared to such... The, the... Like I when I when I remembered it, I was like, "Oh, it's a pretty crappy, like thing." Like I know that is it. Brian Henson was one of the, like it was the, Jim Henson Workshop did some of the, like physical puppetry. They did all of, all of the puppets was uh, Jim Henson stuff. Yeah. To be, f- <laughs> to be fair, wrong with the, an- the animatronics. I was going to say oh, yeah, that, yeah. like, what I because um, my wife actually had this on Blu-ray. Um, <laughs> So I got to watch it in like full high definition on a big screen, and I most of what I was impressed with watching it now in high definition was fucking hell. Those suits are impressive. My only issue really with it was because they couldn't see anything of what they were doing. Every now and again, they'd put their hand out to touch something, and it would have that weird quality to it. Of are you there? Are you there? Are you there? <laughs> I'm going to touch you in slightly the wrong place. Oh. A, a slight Wallace and Gromit mouth look to them occasionally. Like, their expressions would be a bit, like, weirdly were... mouthy and teethy yeah. and odd. The the teeth look weird in high definition. Um, but, like, you... And I think there's that image has made the rounds. It's it's become a meme of its own. Um, of I think it's Donatello standing in a, in the doorway. And his mouth is wide open, and mm. for a split second you can see the performer's tiny mouth inside <laughs> Donatello's mouth. Like, like he's fucking alien or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, but for what they are, and for the fact that they're a practical effect, they are still impressive. Like, the amount of expression they manage to get from these big, bulbous heads is impressive. Yeah, I think, I think it's that thing of, you, you don't know whether to... Like, when you, you kind of remember it in your childhood, and you go, oh, it was great, but then you start to suspect, well, it's quite a long time now, so they can't mm-hmm. be that good. And then, like, it's both, you're pleasantly surprised, but then not exactly confounded by the quality. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you can you can absolutely tell in two, watching it in 2019 on Blu-ray that, like, they're very clearly men in foam rubber suits there's limitations to the to the action as well but i was surprised with uh, like i half expected it to be filmed in complete darkness let's not show Uh, any of this it's impossible to do so let's have all the action be slow and shit and not see it and actually for the most part it was just like comedy action it was they were just Mm. recreating a cartoon it was a, a little slow but the gags were like you'd expect of a cartoon having would... a fight with, with you know, considering you've got you know monsters with weapons. No one's going to actually have their head chopped off, so it has uh... to be like dopey knocking around I... and props and stuff. Yeah, I wanted to talk about not this isn't unique to the film. It's cartoons in general. They're no stabbing policy. It's like that guy has a sword. That he doesn't ever use as a sword. It's like Triple H and his sledgehammer. Yeah. Or, when, or 
when he does, when he like swipes someone's legs up, it's like, well, they'd be removed now, not just he fell over. <laughs> it seems like you have to contrive a lot of reasons to have things tied to ropes that can be cut away, and then like chandeliers and things can come down. Yeah, there's a lot. Like, I, I don't know how I would write something to avoid having any of the turtles like run someone through or just Again, absolutely murder them. It's one of the things that's really jarring about the comics is that they do use the bladed weapons to fucking kill people. And that makes sense in the... You know, but we're trying to make it into a wholesome kids show and then film. It's like, so I guess the Foot Clan are like, you know, the fucking putties from Power Rangers yeah, where they have to... you just sort of hit them and they fall down and die or suck shit. Yeah, they... I think that was why they... Yeah, they turned them into robots in the cartoon so they could be a bit more sort of... Slapdash with the violence, even though yeah. even then, you know, they obviously had to pull back on it a little bit. I think that was the reason, wasn't it, that they were called the Hero Turtles in the UK was because Ninja had like violent connotations. Yeah. I, what were the names of the little like um, in the cartoon? You had the tiny little sort of dog-like oh, robot. the Mousers. Mousers. Um, yeah. Not See how much I fucking know about this. Well, I, I I know a bit, but not in like an obsessive way. Like just in a patchwork memory. I think they of. were ma- they were made by Baxter Stockman, who's the scientist. Yeah. The, because of the fly yes. guy. Sorry, we all just talked. Yeah, the fly, the fly man. That do they just wholesale rip off the fly movie there? I think it's yeah, it's deliberate. But um, they I do that a lot actually in the in the cartoon. A lot of them were. Um... Like film parodies, they do it in the. I think they do it in the comics as well. Like a lot of the stuff is. Uh, I know in the more recent series, Baxter Stockman's. Uh, they they take him and turn it a lot darker, and they take out the fly stuff, and they have him like. He's a serial like, killer like, rapist. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think they have him like die and resurrect himself. Oh God, sounds I don't know, serious. It's weird, and it, uh, but um. Yeah, that, that's the that's the thing about this film is, it's very uh, low key compared to what had already come in the cartoon. Like they really sort of pared it down to and simplified it. But that's probably mm, yes. for the best, considering it's the movie that's sort of you know they're trying to ran- launch a franchise potentially. And they just want to go, let's do the origin story and set up the turtles and see if it works with, like, real-life actors and puppet men and stuff. So, I I mean, I get, like, keep it... I understand the approach of nice, simple, there's just Shredder, there's the Foot Clan, there's a bunch of teenagers who are being indoctrinated to be silent thief ninjas. Like, you know, one guy, his henchman, and then, like, a little gang that's becoming a problem in New York and then including oh including Sam Rockwell as head 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 teenager is that what you mean with his little shaved eyebrow that's and his 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 puby moustache was he the one who just like produced cigarettes out of thin air at one point yeah okay yeah it's, the, it's it's a really interesting for one of the early movies Sam Rockwell was in. He didn't do enough dancing for my liking, but um, <laughs> just you know. But like all I'm saying is, it's it's in terms of how crazy turtles can get. Like this is just the bare bones. We're not we've not even got like 
you know, henchmen that are like pigs and rhinos and stuff. Like, yeah, it's, it's just, just well, ninjas and, and you know, they are become thieves in New York, kind of, that's it. And the, oh, But then, question. you know, monsters in the sewer fight them. Can anyone think of a rationale for giving all of the Foot Clan little eye cages? So they look like flies? <laughs> And then red, red headbands as well, because Rambo was awesome, and everyone should just have red headbands. Um, they also they double up they double up as tea strainers. That's what they're for. Yeah, I never I never thought about it. Like, why? What is the point of that? But, yeah, but like in the cartoon, they just sort of wearing like. Well, they're robots in the cartoon. No, but their hood is just a black sack. Essentially, ah, it's purple. Oh, sorry, purple. It, it, they're, they're black in this uh, films, which is what we're supposed to be talking about. I don't yeah, know, Abby. Um, it's weird, isn't it? Also, it is... I loved Mario's ninja van. Mario's well. ninja van. <laughs> when they were doing the crime <clears throat> montage at the beginning, with classic news exposition. Uh, that that was the yeah the, the the start of the film, just the very beginning with all the shots in and around New York and like. All of the stuff getting nicked by ninjas. I was like, "Oh fuck! This is this sums up everything I thought movies were when I was a child." <laughs> I like the idea. I almost, Sorry, I almost want to say that's my favorite part of the film. Is yeah. the actually, it's Where the music, me, like everything. Yeah, for me, like the the whole the thing I think that holds up the most in this film is just the look of it, like the cinematography and the sets. Um, and just the way the whole thing is filmed, it looks, it looks very eighties, but it, in a good it, way. Yeah. It, it looks like a it, cartoon version of real life, doesn't it? it Which is what it exactly came, it is. It came out. Well, in... not, not, not really. I think they kind of have a nice balance of of um, of uh, taking some of the stuff from some of the like the imagery from the the cartoon and maybe the comics. I'm not too familiar with it. And kind of making it seem real in real life. No, but that's what. But what I mean is, like, the sewers. You know, a real sewer. You couldn't easily live in it. So, it, but it looks like a sewer. Like, you know, everything is like real looking, but as if it's a kind of story from a car, like a comic. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's it's, hi- it's heightened, but it's not. It's still recognisably reality, but never, but never distracting. No, yeah, yeah. You, just, you just accept it because it's filmed. Yeah, if and you built so well, if you have they, like they have a couch and it looks like a shitty couch, not a cartoon couch. Like it's not like Cat in the Hat or something. Like it's yeah. everything's real, but it's like this, like perfect, like you say, I guess eightiesified. Well, it's not eightiesified. It's just the eighties. It's just well, this I mean, like yeah, bu- beautiful the, look to it that feels. That's what I was gonna say. It's it came out in nineteen ninety, and I think it was filmed <laughs> through eighty uh, nine. Um, yeah. It kind of, in a lot of ways, because of what it's based on as well, it sort of sums up the 80s in a package as the world is ready to move into the 90s. <laughs> oh my god. I knew I knew the name of the director. I just looked it up. Steve Barron? Yes, what? I knew we touched on him before. What's he done? He's, What's he done? The, he's the director of Electric Dreams. Wow. Is he really? <laughs> I didn't My see that on his, I looked on his IMDb. That totally explains why he doesn't understand how romance works. 
Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Between uh, Casey and April, there's just this really odd, not working romance. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we hate each other, and we're the only humans in this, so I guess yeah, we have to fall in love. They they fall for each other purely because they're surrounded by mutants and they're the only humans. <laughs> that old apop- apocalyptic survival instinct kicked in. Yeah. We have to repopulate the Earth. Well, it, weirdly, there's a lot of mutants and it's not an apocalypse. It's just an odd... Like, there's a... It, New York is having a silent crime wave of teens stealing things. <laughs> all controlled by a overly theatrically dressed ninja master. Like, I love that Shredder in this is basically in a sparkly jumpsuit. Like, like yeah. he lo- loves MC Hammer <laughs> and he loves a... metal objects sticking out of For, his um, head. What is shoulders. he wearing? Like, what I was is... gonna... this, what I have the material made out of that he's wearing? I have some opinions about the Shredder's costume, because, like, <laughs> the, the, the film, for the most part, like everything else, like the the set design and the costume design is all fairly low key. Like they delib- like I can tell they didn't have a huge budget, so they sort of poured it into the effects in terms of like the turtles' costumes, which are like I said, they're really impressive, especially for the time. But Shredder's his helmet and like the actual like metal stuff on him looks That's fun. good. It looks yeah. like um, like I'm a Mortal Kombat character. Yes. But, you know, I... Why, why yeah, did they take a obviously very in-shape sort of Asian martial artist and put him in gigantic shoulder pads but nothing else to make him bigger? He looks like they a child are... in a costume. <laughs> but then they also did it where he came in, he had his big reveal with that phenomenal lighting. Fair play. Yes. But... He came in, and they decided to have a second reveal where they took the cape off his shoulder pads to show yeah. the little spikes, and then carry on with the scene. I was like, "Wow!" I like, no, I like Shredder really has a guy. I mean, yeah, oh, sorry, Shredder has a guy to maneuver his cape so that his spiky shoulder pads <laughs> are visible. Yeah, he comes in. His his introduction is so ominous. He comes in like the fucking Undertaker, and then they. He takes his cape off, and it's just this tiny little man. <laughs> that's totally impractical. I mean, he would have like ripped through so many capes. Yeah, that's why they call him the Shredder. Well, he's called the Shredder because he tears all his other clothes up with his stupid costume. He's taken like a lame childhood like nickname and turned it cool. Yeah. We also need to talk about the the 1990 skateboard youth club fight club that he runs. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's it reminded me of Pinocchio, where all those boys are taken to an island yeah. where they're allowed to play pool and smoke cigarettes and drink, and, or smoke cigars and drink, and do what they want. Yeah. And there's just a, there's a special... Apparently, the like subways of New York are infinite, and the sewers go on forever, <laughs> because in the under, literal underground of New York, you have enough space to put, like... I guess... I guess Shredder has like a dojo where he works from, but then a lair of teenage, like a teenage boy fantasy, which is a skate park, video game, video game arcade, pool, smoking area. That was a a warehouse. That wasn't the sewer. Oh, right. Yeah. So they have, oh, that makes others, then it's much more practical to have a DJ skate park (laughs) teens on top of each other. Um, 
I like that they're you know they're smoking and they're stealing, but they're not drinking. They're no. all they're drinking soda. So, well, at some point they'll be turned into donkeys, and then his evil plan will actually. <laughs> it, it, it's, it makes more sense if Shredder turned them into donkeys because they're always mutating people than it does in Pinocchio. There's no fucking rhyme or reason in Pinocchio, <laughs> but in this it would make sense for an army of mutant donkey men to be a thing, but... Okay, we've already got enough fucking weird shit going on. We don't need mutant donkey men. <laughs> well, let's let's talk about the, the the mutants that steal the show. Of course, famously, the, the teenage turtles are all named after British snooker players. There's, uh... <laughs> you know, Do- Donnie O'Sullivan, uh, Raphael Higgins, um... <laughs> Michelangelo, Michelangelo, Steve Davis, <laughs> you know the um, what's the other one? Uh, Leonardo uh, Griffiths. <laughs> so they all like Shredder. Um, sorry, Splinter, the mutant rat uh, man. He loves snooker, right? That was the explanation. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And the snooker, this, this snooker upset. No. Um. The, the, does anyone want to have a? Quick sum up of the or because Splinter does explain his backstory. Does someone want to yeah. just quickly I, say? I do, but, but I also have a point that relates. So okay, wait go on. until I get to the very, very end. The very end of my explanation. Oh, um, the okay. In Japan, there was an actual human martial artist who had a pet rat. Pet rat liked to mimic his moves and learnt them. Then they moved to America for reasons of escape. Uh, owner was killed. Rat goes to live in the sewer. Rat finds turtles and ooze. All <laughs> of them get transmogrified, become large. Rat teaches turtles ways of the master. And my question is, did Splinter's master do martial arts like a complete bellend because <laughs> when, Shred- when Shredder sees the turtles doing it in their inimitable style, he's like, that's very familiar to me. That's like the other guy. Like, Is it? Yeah, really? It's, it's, a special, <laughs> it's a special kind of uh, authentic Japanese martial arts called prancing about in a suit and doing it's the best a, you can to do it's high a, R's and he, chops. He had a he had a very unique way of teaching ninjutsu that also involved uh, using Three Stooges jokes. <laughs> yeah. Is this is this like the original um, origin story from the comics? Yes. This is the because... comics version. The cartoon version is different. It's similar, I though. I prefer the cartoon version. The cartoon yeah, like a little version boy ha- drops them down a, a sewer or something? Um, the... The origin of the turtles themselves, I think, is the same in the cartoon. They are turtles that are mutated, but in the cartoon, Splinter was the guy and is turned into a rat by the mutagen. I don't. That doesn't make sense, though, because there's no like. Well, rat does DNA. either version, does, does either <laughs> but, version but make rat, sense? But like a non-sentient rat learning ninja is more a big book sense your mind. If you're gonna yeah, start. Questioning the logic of this. Well, you, you I are. Need huh? to, it's I need to do one that... of my quotes. Oh, you've got a quote, Abby, yeah. It's during that section, he says, I was amazed by how intelligent they seemed. Oh, yeah. And then cut, <laughs> I, cut to a bunch no. of stupid teenagers eating pizza and dicking around. No, the, the turtle. <laughs> 
literally their first word. Pizza. Pizza. <laughs> they already know what Italian-American food is yeah. before anything else. If it's cracking. If question I... logic, a turtle wouldn't be able to eat pizza. It would kill it. Oh. Good true. I, I bring it up just because even as a kid, it kind of bothered me that it was a rat becoming anthropomorphized rather than a, a human being ratified. <laughs> I think ratified means something else, doesn't it? Yeah, it yeah, does. Yeah. But, um, so, the one thing you left out there, Abby, it was a good explanation, but um, crucially, uh, Shredder is the man that kills uh, Splinter's owners, and they uh, uh, somehow... When Splinter was a rat, I don't know why they called him Splinter. I don't know if he had like a wood-based accident and that became his like name. But Splinter attacked Shredder and scarred his face, which is why he partly wears like a weird samurai metal mask thing. Uh, yeah, and so he, and that, but then also um, pissed off uh, Shredder after killing you know, the masters, slices Splinter's ear off. And then fucks off without killing the rat or whatever. How bad is his aim that he misses a rat and he'd, just catches it by the ear? He'd, ha- he'd be bitten in the face, I guess. So. <laughs> yeah, that one point actually for me made Shredder really lame at the end. Because <laughs> um, I don't know, it, you, you, you apply the psychology of it onto him then and it's like, oh, he's actually wearing a mask because he's, he, thinks, he thinks he's ugly. And it's like, oh, I don't, I'm not threatened by him anymore. Like, <laughs> and it, this wasn't a mutant rat that attacked it. This wasn't a giant mutant martial arts expert rat. This was an actual pet that had copied well, someone's fucking yoga yeah, positions. Say, you know, like you say, you say that it's not a mutant rat, but it is a rat that seems to have an unusual level of intelligence and dexterity. So that that would be pretty fucking scary to encounter in in. In a real scenario, especially if it jumped on your face. I, I suspect the ooze that created the turned the turtles into big uh, muscle men, I guess, and turned a rat into a human. But I guess, I guess they're both they're both you know humanified animals. They, it turns them into animals. I think it made this old rat pet senile, and he did all that shit about his origin, his old bollocks, that he'd, he's just going mental in his old age. <laughs> and he just, he think like, you know, I don't know, it, it doesn't quite make sense because Shredder does remember, well, Shredder accepts that there's something familiar about this all. Um, I like I like that Shredder doesn't really question the fact, when Splitter says, I was that rat that scarred you up, he kind of just goes, I'm not going to question the fact that you're a man-sized rat now. <laughs> Like, <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's no element of how the fuck did this happen f- with Shredder? Yeah. <laughs> like he doesn't even question the fact he sees the turtles and the, he, he notices their martial arts style, not the fact that they're giant muted animals. Well, he calls them freaks, <laughs> but well, that's about yeah. the extent of it. Yeah. <laughs> like, but anyway, like it's it's a it's a cracking origin. I love it. Um, <laughs> but essentially, at the stage of the movie is set. Um, Splinter is uh, the, the father figure of these four teenage turtles. Like, I guess they've grown up through... At some point, they were the adolescent mutant ninja turtles or the kindergarten mutant ninja turtles. Yeah. The point oh, is... Gosh, I just suddenly realised what Splinter had to go to when they were babies. <laughs> oh, so many nappies, and they're just all running around eating pizza and spinning on their shells and saying cowabunga. <laughs> 
just shit and piss going everywhere. He's trying to breastfeed them with his with his many nipples. Oh, holy shit! Okay. While Too we're far. still talking about the turtles, though, I want to bring yeah. up my personal biggest flaw with the movie. Mm-hmm. Orange and red are not different enough colours in terms of face masks. (laughs) No, not that. Um, Just from from the cartoons, they the turtles already had very four very distinct personalities. Yes. Please describe. And in in this, um, well, okay, the turtles have like four very distinct personalities. You have Leonardo, who's the leader. He's uh, a bit more serious and uh, worried about everyone all the time. Hmm. Then you have Michelangelo, who's the kind of the goofball and the humour one, and you're always the one cracking jokes. Then you have Donatello, who's like the intelligent one, and um, slightly slightly less humorous, I suppose. He's the clever, so he, gadgety one, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, he's always like building things and stuff. Uh, wait, and wait, wait, Raphael. Donatello does machines. Exactly. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Machining, I believe, was the actual turn of phrase. Not anyway. in the lyrics to the theme song. Anyway, right. I always thought it was machining. Uh, yeah. And then you have Raphael, who's the kind of like moody uh, one. And, <laughs> yes, yeah. um, and you know, you already have these very established personalities. And my major problem is that they only really in this capture it for Raphael and Michelangelo. More or less. They're all... Leonardo... I think Leonardo has it, too. Donatello's the one that oh, seems no. to... No, I don't be... think Leonardo does. I think they give him about two lines where they kind of reference his personality. Well, it seems the to... As the... Yeah, as the film but... goes on, he does get more serious, but it's never... Yeah, they're never given the amount of... Uh... <sighs> distinctive personality that Raphael is. Yeah, but you're right. But then Donatello is the most short-changed. He is, this one. he's just a Michelangelo clone. I think there's there's one reference where he's very good at answering a trivial perceived question. I was going to say... That's that's the only reference they have to his kind of, (laughs) like, more intelligence. Yeah, I like that they they remove the idea of him being, like, the inventor and instead just make it that he's well-read but doesn't really brag about it. Like, it's just this subtle thing. I do... I I know what you mean, but I do like the way that Michelangelo and Donatello kind of have paired off with each other. So they're kind of they're kind of like two people you would end up sharing a dorm with in university <laughs> who like moved in and already knew each other and then you move in and they like they've already got this bond and they just like make jokes about various movies and shit that they know. Like I like that yeah. they give them this established relationship. It really peaked at Funeral for a Pizza, where I was just like, you are the two biggest dumbasses on Earth. Funny, though. <laughs> Funny guys. Like, I, 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 I kind of get where they're going with it. Like, a lot of uh, slightly more intelligent people have an eccentricity to them, and that kind of might be lumped in with goofiness. Um, I, think but just, I, just, I think you're I right, though. Yeah, but I personally really feel shortchanged because Donatello was always my favourite one. <laughs> of course. Because, oh, well, not of, uh, but, it's but, of course, of course, it, this is the real reason. You're just, my favourite turtle <laughs> wasn't it as good as the others. Well, yeah, but that's a, that's, you know, that's a big thing. That's like a quarter of your, um, 
of your audience you're alienating. Um, but my, my point was, like, he was always... He's the one who built, like, the van and the turtle. Mm. And, like, he skateboards in this. was amazing. Well, I think the way they interpret that in the Michael Bay ones is they give him funny goggle things. <laughs> there you go. Yes, You know, do. science now. Um, I would say they all feel a little bit like Michelangelo. Even Raphael, right? Raphael starts off as this kind of, I'm going to go out on my own. And yeah, they all accept that Raphael goes out on his own to the cinema, but he's secretly just trying to do a bit of extra digging about or whatever. Like, not, you know. Well, he goes to see Critters. I love No, the, he doesn't see he does, Yeah, he thinks it looks shit, mate. He, he's... No, yeah, he comes out. Oh, of the, yeah. He's, he's watched it and he comes out. No, I thought he was. I think he was going to. He was pretending to go to the cinema and like dismissed it because he'd heard our podcast review, and (laughs) just he wanted more Billy Zane in it. That's the problem. I did. I did find out that apparently that was originally going to be uh, Tim Burton's Batman that he was walking out of, and and he said the line was supposed to be something like uh, "cool car, stupid costume." Nice. (laughs) Uh, But like you know, generally. Raphael, though he's the moody one, he kind of fucks everything. He's the all the problems start happening because he is trying to go out. In, I mean, it's a classic joke that going out in the trench coat and not yeah. being not being recognised, even though he's this clearly a turtle in a trench coat, fucking monster in a trench coat. <laughs> and the best bit, my favourite joke about it is there's a the, a cab like breaks or something. He like flips over or runs past a cab. And then the guy, I think, who voices Raphael is in the cab with the cabbie, and he goes, what the yeah. hell was that? And then the cabbie's just like, oh, it just looked like a turtle in a trench coat. Where do you want to go? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, um, I think, the yeah, it is the guy who plays Raphael, and I think he's also the only one who was in the suit and did the voice. The rest of them had, like, two separate people doing it. Thanks, Trivia Ferry. That's very yeah. good. Yeah. So, yeah, but they, like, even Raphael feels a bit, like, because he's quite moody in some versions, and much more, like, he doesn't even, like, sometimes he thinks Michelangelo is a bit of a knob and stuff, whereas they all are goofballs in this, which, you know, is tonally quite nice, but like Anthony, I, I do feel like there's not a depth of characterization from each one, they don't feel like individuals, they're just a group of goofball, ninja-loving teenagers, you know? There was even hmm. one bit where... They were gonna do something like dramatic and slightly sad, where they were saying that which one of them was holding vigil over Raphael? Leonardo. Leonardo said, "Oh, Leonardo is holding vigil over Raphael all day and all night." And then they cut to Raphael just really badly lumped into a bat. <laughs> oh, well, was just... I'm glad you picked up on that oh. as well. What, you it? nearly did a thing, nearly. What? Wait, was this when he... I didn't quite catch what you said? He was like lumped into what? Just really into aw- a bath. Yeah, just really awkwardly just thrown into a bath. Like plus, plus, uh, <laughs> didn't he didn't he sleep through the vigil as well? So they're all complete goofballs in this, basically. Oh, I want to give props to whoever did the drawings. Yeah, as well. They're lovely. Yeah. There was a nice touch as well in like the Leonardo one, where like they'd have drawn a leg, but then kind of like crossed it out and put the leg in a different position. Yeah. Little like that, that part of the because um, again, that's one of the um, that's one of the parts of the story that's taken from somewhere in the first like four issues of the comics. Like one of them is uh, really badly injured, and they have to hide out outside of um, outside of the city. 
And um, that whole sequence is really... And I think it, it, it stuck out even more now watching it. Um, it's really what did you say? It, um, I was going to say it's really unexpected for a film like this. This really extended, quiet sequence where it, it, it all just sort of builds like I don't know I feel like the the sequence in with Raphael being in a coma is kind of where they establish them having different personalities like that's where that is actually sort of demonstrated it also shows that not just knuckleheads who fight they are caring for each other they it's it's about brotherhood and not just running headlong to solve every problem and fighting. Like, they spend... Uh, I was surprised at the amount of time... They, they You know, they establish... Oh, like, the f- the first time they go out into the world and fight crime uh, is, you know, in the film. And then after that, it's basically them holding back and re- regrouping and deciding yeah, a lot of what to do next. Time. Yeah. You've got to eat pizza and skateboard, um, haven't you? Fair enough, like... It's uh, it's it's a really it feels like a really strange way to describe this film, but compared to the two sequels that came after it, and compared to like you know the more, uh, like the cartoon and all that kind of stuff, this is actually fairly character driven, if that's the right word. It is, yeah, which is odd considering we just just you know discussed how they're not that individual yet but it it, it takes um, more time to you know develop who they are and why about, they do it yeah it's about them like as a family the, the film is yeah sorry Abby, did anyone on. else find it weird that they were oddly horny no they're teenagers <laughs> teenagers <laughs> well yeah. it's, it's weird that it's weird. <laughs> here's the key thing right so april o'neill who's always been one of the kind of turtle gang like she she's a reporter for uh channel five news or four? Oh, three. three three news it's not i swear it changes depending no, on which it, it, no no it's it's channel three in the in this film but it's channel six in the cartoon okay right so didn't have like a weird name like w d l r or something w d 40 um so anyway april o'neill is your classic uh you know, Annika Rice style reporter, I guess. She's running around. She's running around in her, like. Well, I think in the cartoon, it's like a weird jumpsuit. In this, they have a, like, yellow Mac, but she's just a generally normal. Yeah, she's just in normal woman. clothes. Yeah. Yeah, she's just, but she's got big, you know, gingery hair. And is a. Like, she's, you know, she's a go get the story kind of reporter. She's not just, I'll read whatever's on the autocue. She's out there trying to find scoops find leads and prove herself in the industry. You know, she's trying to, you know, climb the ladder in the in the TV company, right? Yeah. And the big thing in there in the story is let's find out what's going on with these like teenagers going on crime sprees. But she is going to get mugged and the turtles do their first ever let's go out of the sewer. Are they like she they've been trained by their rat father for years and they they go out, they're going to like do the classic Batman where you, you like help a purse snatch uh you save a purse snatcher from the baddies. And that she sees no. uh, does she does she see the turtles? No, the lights they throw like a weapon at the lights, don't they? Yeah. The uh Raph throws his sigh or one of his sigh and uh apparently the reason for that was because they uh, 
the time they filmed this sequence had already run out of budget to <laughs> choreograph another fight scene, so they just had it happen in the dark. Is that why they had two just blackout Miss Piggy fights? Yes. <laughs> Is that what they're called, Abby? Um... <laughs> that's, the, that's the technical term. Well, it works, I think. It, it didn't. I did. I wasn't like, oh, we missed out on the action because at this stage, you you know, you're kind of building to the not the reveal because you see them, but like. Well, I mean, it makes sense, more, and it yeah. makes sense as part of the whole ninja thing. I think that's why also I remembered it being a bit cheap where, oh, you didn't really show anything because you, you couldn't, like, and you're, you're saying like the budget ran out and it's like, yeah, so it's well, a bit lame not to see the was, fight, yeah. but what else can you do? The weird thing at this point, like you said. The weird thing about this, or the, 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 the thing that surprises people when they find out um, about this film is that it's um, an independent film and it is, in fact, or at least was for a long time, the highest grossing independent film ever made. Oh, thank, thanks, Trivia Fairy. So uh, this is probably the most successful indie movie ever made. Oh, well, I, you know, well done, I say. Uh, what was the point where April is not just saved by the Turtles? Because she doesn't, like, she talks to a boss, she establishes there's a, a ginger teenager who's going to play into it but not really be a fully oh, um, fleshed out character. It's in the it's in the subway when she's uh, attacked and she gets knocked out, so Raph takes yeah, her back. She's the... uh she's causing too many she's stirring too many problems by mentioning the foot all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and Shred, foot... Shredders, One... Shredders like go sort her out. <laughs> she so they, has so they tell her off and slap her a bit and yeah. it's like well, I'm not sure that's what he meant by go sort her out. Like, <laughs> hey, yeah, I think he meant push her in front of the train, not just mm. slap her. Yeah. She has the best reaction to meeting the turtles and Splinter. Just yeah. screaming. Just, yeah. just standing, yeah. standing on the sofa, screaming, and trying to justify it. Like, I saw a rat, so that's why I'm dreaming about you. Yeah. You guys, I don't know where the fuck you came from. I would um, I would have liked the explanation that it's a bit like uh, the Wizard of Oz where she's just had a dream and she's like, wait a minute, you're all my like you're all you're all working on the ranch, right? But I've like seen a turtle that day, so you're all human turtles. No, that doesn't explain it. This is happening. I, I like the um, something that this film I think deserves a little bit of credit for that you wouldn't. You, uh, it is a surprise is that she April doesn't be she's not used as a damsel in distress at any point yeah she, actually she's yeah. never kidnapped she's never like they one attempt of the to mug her they, they kind of she she's yeah but that's just as a it's just the setup for the story like she's I, I... she's not the reason that they're going after like the shredder or anything, which was the thing in like the cartoons and the video games is yeah. that well April's been kidnapped because she's a woman and that's what they do. We have to go and save her. Like, she's essentially and... Princess Peach. <laughs> like, yeah. but no, it's it, it's Splinter in this case, isn't it? Yeah, and she's and even like the, it's Splinter primarily, and even then secondary. Uh, character that becomes you know is a is a victim is one of the turtles like it's it's never april she's never in she's she's never in peril she's just she's always sort of looking after them i think I, yeah she I provides she provides her family home which is like a out of town 
dishevelled house, I guess. Yeah, also her uh, the antique, the cool antique store that she lives above as well. Yeah, that's pretty badass, actually. No, also, she treats them she's... like an like an auntie with a bunch yeah. of teenage nephews. That's what she's I. She's a babysitter, isn't she? Really? Yeah. I was just going to say, like you reminded me, like she got a lot of property that she's just letting go to waste. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, considering she's paying rent in New York, I mean, come on. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, you're right. She's like, she's. I was gonna. I, I was gonna bring this up. Um, if you didn't, but uh, you're you're right. Like, um, her personality is very different because she does end up getting kidnapped all the time, and and mm. she's the reason that you know the stories happen in the cartoons and stuff. But you're right. She she's always you know she's the reporter. She's she's always kind of sassy and she's always trying to get the story and she's not afraid to you know jump into the fray. Yeah, and all the like the film itself does. I know it's it like it's a kids film, but like even then you would still get like an element of objectification of women and like especially like martial arts uh, oriented. Uh, American films of this time mm-hmm. but the only people who like do that is these weirdly horny teenage turtles yeah they don't <laughs> they don't spend their time trying to fuck her like at best not they... in the yeah apparently in the Michael Bay one oh, uh, there's a little of bit course. more of that going on um, of course. but it's no it's, this is it's just <laughs> a little bit of innuendo jokey friendliness it isn't like god look at her fucking ass you know <laughs> Well, even, like, Casey Jones, who she ends up falling for because he's the only other human in (laughs) close proximity, I guess. But, like, their their romance is kind of just, it's you know, it's tacked on. There's no real need for it. But even then, she's not characterised as, you know, she she doesn't fall for him in the sort of doe-eyed, oh, he's so butch and handsome, like, he's just this dickhead who's abused. Yeah, um, but she even like she's domineering over him, over him, and the film just sort of treats that as a matter of fact. Like it's it's surprisingly progressive for its time. Yeah. Um, I speaking of I, Casey Jones, he I didn't even like I knew of him as a character. I kind of assumed he was in one of the sequels. I'd forgotten they established in the, him in this because he's in the third one. Sure. But but I thought he only was. I didn't realize the origin oh. of the turtles in this in nineteen nineties Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I didn't think he was in because there's a lot going on anyway. Like why dump in another vigil? Like there's a vigilante who is a sports obsessed, sports Who's obsessed martial arts artist who plays. So he plays hockey, but he also like uses other equipment, right? Yeah, he uses. Oh, a... I, I have another quote. Oh, go on. You got to know what a crumpet is to understand cricket. <laughs> is that is that true? Or... I think it helps. I don't I think you if you can't you can't and yeah I suppose knowing about cricket means you eventually find out about crumpets. Like I guess <laughs> I know I know what a crumpet is and I don't understand cricket. Yeah, yeah. But, but it doesn't that one, the court doesn't imply just knowing about crumpets is enough. That's you true. just only if only if you understand cricket, but therefore you will also understand. And crumpets. It's, it's a gateway thing. Yeah. Yes. Um, I will. I speaking of uh, particular lines of dialogue, I will say the one line of dialogue that got a genuine laugh out of me is an exchange between Donatello and Casey Jones. Um, 
later in the film, whenever they all go and t- to hide out in the in their sewer home, and Casey Jones is all nervous about it, Donatello says, "You're claustrophobic," and Casey Jones gets really offended and is like, "Do you want a fist in your face?" And then there's that moment of looking agitated. Then he says, "Never even looked at another guy before." Nice, nice. <laughs> it's such a, and I, it's it's not even a gay joke. It's just being an idiot and thinking you're being called gay. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's such a like it's a weak pun, but also yeah. it, it it kind of characterizes him as a kind of a different kind of knucklehead and just it's, it is. It's not even a pun. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just <laughs> it's just him being an idiot. I it, 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 it was no there's a lot of jokes in there that are kind of dated now. Like, there's one joke that oh, references yeah. like fucking moonlighting, <laughs> and you're like, yes. yes. <laughs> there's, there's no fuck. There's no fucking coming. Like, I, I mean, I remember moonlighting, but you know, Bruce Willis has subsequently got moved on, and like, it's like it's like if you watch the thing and go, oh, they reference Caroline in the city. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, what did they reference again? I mean, Moonlight was kind of bigger, but like. Some of the jokes are just weirdly dated. Very dated, yes. The impressions, oh. Yeah. They are It sounds like we're sort of universally praising it so far, but there are definitely, there are definitely some times when, because I I, I did, I sat and watched this, like, because it's, you know, it's a kid's film, I could just watch it during the day, so my wife was in there as well, and like, there were, moments especially early on in the film when it's they're establishing the turtles as like you know goofy and everything where i was like oh fuck like my i'm cringing to the point where my skin's yeah. just coming off like, like they, it's rolling yeah. off like wet wallpaper like, it's just they, they like playing chari- they're playing charades for no reason but they're doing it wrong because they're like yeah. doing dialogue <laughs> like they don't mime they're just doing it it's just the game of impressions of stuff and it is just like oh, oh they're awful and just weak there was Oh, dear. oh, this script, mind. When they had the audacity to have their own characters criticising other characters' jokes by saying they were too derivative or too cliche. <laughs> oh, I... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's Not a bastard. recurring thing that they do where they're trying to come up with cool phrases, and that's. I was like, oh, fucking no. I don't know it's... if maybe this is as bad as I thought it was going to be. But they're like precursors to Deadpool in a way, aren't they? They're like slightly meta, but not in a cool way. Again, that's what the comic was. Yeah. Like, it, it probably was, was a, a bit more dead... like Deadpool, actually, yeah. It wasn't quite as sort of sharp as Deadpool would become, but it di- it is, it's from that same place. Like, it's, it's from the yeah. idea of... Cynical nerd business, yeah. But anyway, was... let's... We're talking about the the terrible jokes, uh, which they were 99% of the time. There was one moment that I laughed at, and it was more about the delivery. It was when Raphael brought back April to to the turtle lair, and they're like, what are you doing? Like, why have you brought like a human back? And Raphael is like, oh, I don't know. I just wanted to redecorate the place, you know, through... Throw pillows, a TV reporter. What do you think? <laughs> that was a good one. That did get me. I will say, yeah. I but, like, um, I, you know, but that... pretty much that was it. Yeah, everything else was so cringe and dated. Like I, I'm not even sure they would have been that funny at the time. But to children, no, it's I... kind of like 
you know, you just laugh instinctively. Yeah, you? you have to. Yeah, because I think Splinter does establish at one point that they're they're like fifteen years old. Yeah, so they're big, burly fifteen-year-olds as well. They are very, yeah, oddly turfy as well. If I saw a fifteen-year-old that was that muscular, I would fucking hide. That's <laughs> true, actually. Thinking about it, there is one moment where you kind of are, where you do remember that, like, oh, actually, there are they are just essentially fifteen-year-old boys. They're dark, and that's when, yeah. yeah, and that's when they go back to. Um, they go back to the, like the turtle lair, and Splinter's being kidnapped, and then they turn yeah. up at April's door, just looking so like downbeaten, not knowing what to do. And it's like, oh, Genuinely actually, upset. Yeah, they're fourteen-year-old boys. They wouldn't have a clue what to do right now. Yeah, they they know how to use martial arts weapons and stuff, but they don't. You know, they haven't uh, become heroes yet, as well. Like they've tried a bit of crime fighting, but your basic sort of stop the thieves in the street, not you know, uh, stop the terror attacks. Like they these are you know preliminary heroes in training still as well. So yeah, but, but not, I like just, I like that about that, it though, right? Like, That's good. Just yeah, but yeah, no, it's good. But just just. Uh... I think that's the only point where you're like, actually, emotionally, they're not ready to handle any of this, and that's kind of like the only real point. Yeah, where that mm. happens, it's just a, it's a nice moment. It leads into the only the only way I can think to describe this is transmeditative campfire telepathy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's the it's the Yoda Star Wars business, isn't it? Really? Yeah, that is the first thing I thought of. Is hmm, this is. What what was Return of the Jedi eighty four? Like it's it's still riding the wave of uh, the Blue Force ghosts. You know, essentially, Shredder has kidnapped Splinter at this stage of the film, and they're all kind of regrouping at uh, April's old house HQ. Like they, so there's a bit of a getting to know Casey, who turned up like fighting crime with his you know sports equipment, and the turtles are all sort of training and dicking around. There's a bit of montages, but it's essentially. Oh shit! Uh, like, like the, you know, is it uh, Donald? No, Leonardo is the one who's having the individual meditation, and he gets the yeah. old, oi! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and then he goes, oh shit! I just had a weird mind thing with my dad or whatever, uh, and so, like, he gets all the guys around. I thought they were going to make jokes and stuff, but they all get they quite do. serious. Because Donatello has marshmallows because he came to oh, yeah. They That's right. They make a few. Shm- they make a. They do like the schmores. 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 I can't say it. The melted s'mores. marshmallow joke. Yeah. But then they get serious and actually have a little tete-a-tete with their dad. The, the way that it goes down, Splinter makes it seem like he's going to die once this message ends. Like I it's think like he thinks he's going to. I think that's the idea. Yeah, it's like. Help me, old one, Kenobi. You're, you're my, you know, <laughs> but it, but it's like, uh, uh, this is like goodbye, but my boys as well. Like it's, you know, it's kind of. This is. I took. I was almost getting sad because I was like, "Fuck, does he actually die in this?" There like I couldn't a lot remember. Of moments. There are a lot of moments of big muscular anthropomorphic turtles crying in this film. Uh, classy. <laughs> I mean, why not? It's emo- that's what's good. Is it's emotional, not just action-packed garbage. I think it's it, it's the fact that it is the director and the uh, I think it I think it was one writer who adapted the screenplay based on the comics. But 
there's there's a there seems to be an element of sort of actual respect for the material, which is really <laughs> it's, it's odd considering that like if the, if it was based directly on the comic, which you know the story was, but if the whole reason for making the film was so that they nice. were fans of the comic and they oh, wanted right. to adapt it, that would make sense. Yeah, but it's yeah. the fact that this is already after you know, three years after the cartoon has been a huge thing, it's already just, you know, toys at this point. It the could easily that... have been a kind of Transformers, we don't care, let's just put it out there so we yeah. sell more stuff. So the, the, the fact that even at that point, they still seem to have an actual sort of respect for the material, and they're trying to really sort of do Tell something. Tell a story. Yeah. Invest that, you in these characters. That's why I think I have, like, I still have kind of a soft spot for the film, like, as cringy as some of the shit is. Like, I just admire that they're really, they really do seem to be trying to sort of balance between giving it some depth, but still making a kid's film. Definitely, yeah. Hmm. So, what happens, I guess, is, that, you know, obviously the Turtles eventually... Uh... How do they track down Shredder and Split? Oh, I guess he could just tell them to come to the. No, no, it's the uh, it's the kid. The kid, uh, the teenage kid, runs away and he hides in the turtles' place because he's followed them before. Oh, and it was yeah, too yeah. Like he was working for Shredder, but when he he found Splinter and he kind of realized, like, oh, this is all a load of shit. I need help. So yeah, it's like it's weird because April's boss just has a, a teenage son who's well into Sid and Nancy, or like just yeah, big bit, fan bit, of the Sex Pistols, I guess. He's a latecomer to the punk movement, and he's rebelling, and he's he's a perfect candidate to join this uh, teenage gang of recruits who become the Foot Clan. They get trained up in their special skateboarding arcade lair, and so, but he, like you say, he sort of, on and off becomes disenfranchised and not sure if he wants to go on. I guess maybe it's just they're too brutal or something, but he well, yeah, he's, he's titular he's, um, to helping the Turtles find you know, where everything is. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, he sees the the, the sort of second command uh, loses shit because of them invested by the Turtles and he fucking hammers one of the teenage recruits yeah. Um, and apparently, originally, in the that character just dies. The the teenager that he beats oh. up, and because the, uh, the the test audiences didn't take very well to that, they dubbed in um, the sound of his breathing when he's on the floor, and another teenager saying, "You're going to be okay," because uh. him him just being beaten to death was too dark. Also, it would have been weird because after, you know the 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 fight. Where that happens, where the turtles have to kind of, you know, the turtles prove themselves against the Foot Clan by decking a bunch of them. Is it in, in April's house initially? Is it in April's like apartment, or is it somewhere else? It's yeah, it's whenever they turn up and and uh, put Raph in a coma, which again, yeah, they, like Raph, Raph was on his own. To say. Yeah, but like Raph was on his own and he gets beaten up, you know, to a coma. Yeah, uh, but the other turtles come and they sort of rescue him and they fight off the Foot Clan. But it's quite you know, that's where they do their first. We're going to watch this and see the slight slow, mostly slapstick comedy fighting of the Ninja Turtles. Did anyone enjoy this kind of hitting people with symbols, spinning on the floor, and doing goofy kicks business for a short while? But like a lot of their scenes went on just a little bit too long. I think it's mm. they were 
I was more just impressed at how much the stunt guys could do in those costumes. <laughs> Definitely. True. There's none of that, that Batman rubber neck. exhausting. Like, you expect it to no, be like Batman's yeah. rubber neck problem, where, oh, he can't do anything, he can't turn his head. But they were, like, they'd but, be hot, but it, it was funny, but, yeah, I don't know. There, for me, there was a slight tonal problem. Like, it, um... Like I I I I felt their humor clashed a bit much with how serious the fighting was supposed to be being portrayed. Well, yeah, it, like it's it, weird, isn't it? Earlier, Cause... earlier or later, it would make sense that it was that jokey. But at that moment, mm. one of them is in a coma because of these people, and, this, and they're still doing their Three Stooges jokes. Mm, exactly. And, and the Foot Clan look really shit. Like they've always been kind of <laughs> shit. But they just they just standing there taking like if four like basically three dudes uh like just well turtle men can just slowly kick you around and make crack jokes and you're just standing there getting absolutely flummoxed. It's like whoever was training the I mean, these are teenagers who are trained to become ninjas. Maybe the turnaround is too quick because they were fucking <laughs> shit. They didn't do anything. What bothered me was that the turtles had a small meeting in the middle of one of the fights. Yeah. Uh, it's just like, well, why is the Foot Clan just, just watching? Come on, it worked when you beat up Raphael, you all numbers game, and he couldn't, you know, get get out of it. Also, they had, like, what was the sequence where someone's, like, oh, they make it, it's a nice, actually, the start of it's genius. Like, what, I think it's Michelangelo or someone saying something, like, about either where's Raph or, like, they're looking for him and he just smashes through the, the glass oh, ceiling. Yeah. Yeah, lands he, there. I think they I think they say um, he'll probably drop in at any minute. And then literally and then does. They, yeah. Nice. I mean, that's a good opener to, like, a fight sequence, really. But, like, you know, they, they do all this business and then I guess the next... We have, you know, we've talked about some of the bits after that, but the, the other fight is, is that Shredder's sort of lair, is it? Like, what can anyone take take us through the kind of final battle against Shredder and what goes on once they confront him? It's a little awkward. It kind of it kind of starts in the Shredder's arcade den, and then it's just it's on the street, and then all of a sudden it's on a rooftop. Um, I'm not quite sure how that happened. Um, yeah, it's kind of like like I don't know these video game levels. What's going on? Yeah, but this is this comes to another one of my little my little, little problems with the um, with the film, and it's that they don't really meet the Shredder until right at the end, and they don't know who he is, and again, it's just a really weird tonal thing, because like this is supposed to be the climax. Yeah, um, it's like Splinter um, knew who he was, but we don't know really who Shredder is after the fact that Splinter. His origin was about him, you know? Yeah, so he's been slightly built up. But I just found it really weird. Like, this is the first time the Turtles are actually meeting him. There should have been at least one more meeting in the middle of the film to really give it the, the impact it needed. Like, maybe and... maybe Shredder turns up with the Foot Clan and, and uh, wants to get Splinter specifically because he wants mm. revenge on this rat man that scarred him or something. So, they, you know, he... He manages, they, you know, rather than the turtles coming back and finding Splinter's stolen or kidnapped, but it's it's essentially Shredder just kidnapped him because he wanted to get the turtles because they're really, really quite good at martial arts, Jamie, despite what we're all saying. So, <laughs> sorry. Anyway, you were saying Anthony. So, 
I just felt a bit mm, right at the end, where it's like, I don't feel like the six are really here. I mean, I, I feel like generally the sh- the Shredder is kind of just, he's, a, he's short-changed in yeah. the film. Like, they could have they could have done more with him. Um, they could have done more with him, and they could have showed less of him. I feel like the the problem with him is that, like, showing him several times to let you see how ridiculous he looks. <laughs> like like he's um, doing aerobics in a, sp- a spangly ABBA tribute this, gymnastics this video. Ty- like, I don't, I don't know how tall the actor is, but the costume makes him look about five foot four. Yeah. Um, like he looks, he looks like a child in a, in a weird Halloween costume. Um, and it takes away how imposing he could be. Like if you just kept it, like fucking film him like Marlon Brando in Apocalypse Now, like keeping <laughs> the shadows, like. Yeah, um, what, what I would do is perhaps you do have, you know, Bebop and Rocksteady be the the, the main people that the Turtles can all fight because they're like, you know, they're all equally mutants. Maybe the Bebop and Rocksteady cheat a bit or something. and But the Turtles can defeat them. And then boss fight time, when they do fight Shredder, he's he can take on four of them because they're inexperienced teenagers and this is like a ninja master or whatever. So... I, and then it's a bit, you know, it's built up too, and it's more special rather than so there's a man prancing about with these turtle men, and I guess they'll eventually defeat him. The Shredder is another is like most of the turtles in that he's played by two people. I think the voice is someone else. Um, it's like Darth Vader, isn't it, guys? Yeah, more Star Wars. I feel like I feel like that's what they were trying to go for. Like try and make him a Darth Vader type because in the in the cartoon he was always kind of goofy, um, also voiced by Uncle Phil from the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Um, he was. It was James Avery. No, no. Um, yeah. Thanks, Trivial Fairy. Yeah, <laughs> I got more. Don't worry. But um, yeah, they try and they try too much. I think to do the Dar- like the Darth Vader thing, and he ends up just being. He's kind of. He's just kind of nothing. Abby, what do you make of uh, the kind of conclusion of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and this Shredder business? Mm, I think it could have worked if if there'd been more substance to it. Because it was so late that they did the reveal that it was, oh, Mm. Shredder was the guy who killed my master. And then Splinter was so incapable of moving at all. Yeah, I I feel like it might part of the problem might be that this is like a few like the first few issues of those comics all sort of compressed together um, and at the same time trying to uh, appease the sort of the you know the cartoon audience so it's the it's the struggle of like towing the line between the two very different source materials that it had. Maybe. I, I, I just know that watching it this time, it was fine. I didn't really think, oh, this is awful. I hate this. Anyway. Yeah, no, I, it's, mm. yeah. It's just like, you, you, when you, when, when you consider the fact that even as a cynical adult looking back at a piece of childhood, uh, nostalgia, I, I was slightly, 
wanting the titles to be awesome and save the day in a cool way, and not just be you know men in silly costumes and like I it, I want I I kind of I had sadly got all invested and then it was like oh it's not enough I need something a bit more well substantial yeah. to end on two tunes that I I think well two things that I want to bring up about this last sequence is the first one I like that it's Splinter that defeats him, not the Turtles. Um, I like this idea of them coming to a point where they can't, they, because this is, you know, basically this film is supposed to be their first, you know, big adventure, I guess. Hmm. I like that they come up to a point where they just can't do it. Um, And then Splinter is the one being the master who, you know, defeats the ultimate, the, the end boss. I like that he does it in one single move where he flips him over off the roof. Um, yeah. Did he... Was Whenever in the, uh, the version you guys watched, was there a speech where Splinter tells Shredder his, um, death comes all and all that stuff? With death. And you'll be without honour. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I swear that was never in any of the older versions that I watched. Maybe, I was wondering whether it got cut out for the UK version or something. Maybe I don't know, maybe not. I just didn't remember it. But, yeah. I think I... it sort of implies there's there's like a deeper story to this. Like, it's almost like we shouldn't have had it be about the Turtles, but be about Splinter and Shredder, and focus on them more, and then yeah. have, like, the generational takeover of the Turtles. Like, it's almost like... Yeah, like be... a passing of the torch. Yeah, but really he's just a cranky, silly old rat man who well, raises t- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, so... That was the first thing, that I liked that it's Splinter. Secondly, I feel like it's important to not overlook the fact that Casey Jones murders a man in a really horrifying way. What, with a golf club, or is that what you're on about? No, Shredder. No, yeah, he falls into the back of that fucking rubbish truck, and then Casey Jones goes, "Oops!" turns it on and fucking crushes him alive. Well, no, he's trapping him in a bin truck for the police no. to. No, no, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen how those things work. Shredder would be completely liquefied. <laughs> Yeah, but very, this, this is like very slowly. This is like you based on a cartoon. See, like he's gonna be a little. Head, you see his head get crushed. You see his helmet like cave in on itself as the thing was in. Yeah, and, and presumably then like Krang comes down from outer space or whatever, and he like inflates uh, Shredder again because it's a cartoon essentially. <laughs> he does. He's a tiny little cube, and they just puff him up with some <laughs> ooze ointment well, or something. Yeah, in the second one, he does, uh, like, the second one starts with a, a scene in a, like, a rubbish tip, and the Shredder's hand comes out. From, well, exactly, uh, exactly, exactly my point. He is not dead then. He has become ooze-based Kevin Nash, or whatever. Listen, Kevin Nash, the body yeah, double for Shredder. That, that's, yeah, that, no, that's the end of the second film. He okay. doses himself up with a mutagen and turns into uh, a big sexy. <laughs> is that making you like in, interested in the in the sequel, Abby? You get a bit of Kevin Nash in your movie? No, it's not worth it. No, put in the ice in it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh. That, that balances it the other way. Because that's the thing. Like Kevin, Kevin Nash tricks you. Because the one 
Oh, is he in one of the punches? Yeah, yeah, he's like a sailor. (laughs) Well, he's wearing stripes for some reason (laughs) and has short blonde hair. But yeah, in that, he's fine. But then it's like Magic Mike, he looks like he's made of cardboard. No, no one should watch a film because Kevin Nash cameos in it, in fairness. <laughs> That's not a good enough reason to go to the cinema. But anyway, I just um, back to this movie and Shredder's... De- well, yeah, so, okay, so Casey Jones murders the Shredder and we're all sad because we don't assume... He just... Look, unless I see, you know, Shredder's funeral, and even then I'm going to be like, he'll have a comeback. All it takes is a knocked-over canister of something and he's back, so... I didn't assume he was dead. I assumed he was like a, you know, dealt with a bad guy. He'll get arrested or, you know, dropped off at the tip. Like, I, uh, maybe you're right. Maybe he is dead, but the turtles I mean, just get to, you know, come up with catchphrases. And... Yeah, canonically, he's not dead because he's shown as surviving in the sequel. But really, especially if you were, cons- like, this film was obviously going to be made... You know, they were hoping it was going to be a franchise, but they weren't necessarily planning the sequel. So, for all intents and purposes, he was crushed to death at the hand of Casey Jones. That's what you get for being a ninja fagin. You get your upcomings <laughs> as a bunch of mutant monster animals take you down, and then a, a and then man a... who likes hockey just crushes you to death. Squashes you in a bunch of rubbish. And you make the news. Well, you know, you should have trained your, you should have trained your teenage henchmen better then, shouldn't you, Shredder, you dick? then they wouldn't have been defeated so easily. Do all those teenagers go to prison? At some point, there's like a, a little convo where they convince the teenagers that they shouldn't do all that stuff, and Sam yeah, Rockwell Yeah, yeah, there's, there's a whole family speech from Casey Jones, and then Sam Rockwell tells the police where to find all the stuff, but, like, the teenagers still stole all that stuff. <laughs> like, they're not... Yeah, they're absolved. hoping that the police are going to go to the other place, leaving them the opportunity to just fuck off elsewhere. Yeah. <laughs> well, they couldn't really prove anything anyway. No, I mean, you know, it's one of those things, isn't it, where they all... Oh, I don't know why. It's sort of okay, it all, isn't it? It all wraps up they, in a very 1990 kids movie way. Yeah. They went good then, so it's fine. Yeah. No, yes, exactly. Also, they, let's just, they're all teenagers. They all kind of stole from each other's parents anyway. Like, isn't that... You know, based the, the Ginger Sid guy... Well, he's not Sid, but he has a Sid t-shirt. Yeah. The, His the ginger name ki- is Danny. All right, but he's caught, he's labelled Sid. So I just think he's the kid from Toy Story. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, like... Dan by the end. Well, da- Dan. yeah, he tells his dad that, you know, I'm, good, I'm taking my life seriously now because I've shortened my name. Um, but, you know, he... <laughs> Uh, I forgot what point I was going to make about him. Like, he essentially... I don't know. What was I going to say? It was about him being titular to this story and going home and basically... He's not titular. That's the turtles. No, well, they're... No, he's titular in that he's the pivot everything sort of swings on. Yeah, but titular means in the title. Oh, right. What do I mean, then? Pivotal. Pivotal? Pivotal. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> He's the pivotal character. Nothing would work if he did. The if he was a ninja turtle, uh, yeah, he's not a ninja turtle. <laughs> he's a ninja street kid, like a fucking. No, 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 no. It turns out that what family means is, in the end, we were all the ninja turtles. 
it's, it's so weird because ninjas were essentially just peasant farmers who were standing fight, fighting samurais, these established paid fucking mercenaries. It's like we're, we've come so far from what the meaning of actual ninjas are. But um, oh fuck it. Anyway, the turtles film ended with a bunch of fucking turtles chatting about like stupid catchphrases and being a happy family again. Yeah. And you know, spin to like Cowabunga. Yeah. And he made a funny brilliant. So where where are we at, guys? Are we have we said our piece on it? Abby, have you got anything else in your notes that you were like, Oh, I should have mentioned this great bit or anything? I have exactly four notes. Let's hear them. They are the following. <laughs> Turtle wax. Uh, oh God! Yeah, they really thought that was funny as well. They they deliver it and they have the they have animatronic puppet things. This really fucking eh? Eh? eh fucking turtle wax. Yeah. While while Casey Jones is is giving April a weirdly sensual massage for a kids film. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's a bit, wasn't it? All right, guys, hands off a little bit. It's a uh, bit much. And the turtles come in and it's like, oh, it's like the babysitters. Fucking her boyfriend or something. Oh, you caught them making out. <laughs> Go on, Abby. Uh, my next, my next note. This uh, isn't the first place we've heard the word punker. Yeah. So I started to think that it's a, it's just one that never made it to Britain. Only in America do they call people punkers. I've yeah. never heard it either. It's like this weird, out of touch. I've misunderstood what punkers are or punks are. You know, bloody punker. Punkaroonie, you punkster. <laughs> yeah. The, the next one, I'm not sure if any of you would have picked up on this. Because the note is just, shut it. Did you pick up on this? Well, go on. No. When the Foot Clan come for April oh. O'Neil in the sewer, they say, we have a message from our master. Then they give her like a shove. or No, they give her a slap and then say, <laughs> shit. Yeah, yes. Slap her in face, shut it. It is very it's British, the... actually, as well, isn't it? Like, shut, shut it. it. Cockney thing they could have done. If they have said it to the turtles, it would have been quite meta because they could have gone, shut it, you map it. They'd be like, what? You're a self aware. And then my last note is just that April O'Neill said, why don't I ever dream of Harrison Ford? Mm. Which I thought yeah. spoke very much for women of that time. Yeah. <laughs> Extremely representative of a moment. Of course, I'm with weird, muscly, Peter obsessed, uh, like uh, amphibians. Of course, I am. But why? Yeah, why couldn't this be anything more sexy or better? No, I'm in a sewer with a rat man. Brilliant. So, um, Anthony, do you have any uh, other little bits and things you wanted to bring up? Um, nothing we haven't really touched on already. I can sum up if you like. Yes, that's fine, yeah. Uh, I think the best way to put this is it's better than it has any real right to be. I think it's been directed well. Like you said, Jamie, before, Like I think people have a, a weird re- reverence for this. The people making it have a weird reverence for the yeah. team with turtles. And it shows. Like I said before, like the thing I think holds up most is just the way it looks and and some of the settings and um, and uh, so just some of the production. I just I just really like and I think holds up. That's about it, though. I think everything else 
belongs back in 1990 oh, and needs to yeah. stay there. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm usually the one who says, you know, saying something is dated is not a fair criticism because you can't stop something being dated, but mm. fucking hell, this is dated. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, metaphor, metaphor-wise, I mean, I agree with you, uh, Anthony, and also Jamie, I guess. Uh, I, for me, it's best summed up as like yesterday's cold pizza in the fridge like you you've had a, you've ordered a pizza you've eaten it you're full you have some left you put it in the fridge and then the next day maybe you're still a little hungover or whatever or just feeling a bit lazy and you eat the cold fridge pizza it's still it's really nice considering it's like you know day old or t- t- you know 30 year old pizza well... from the 80s but like you know it's <laughs> it's like oh this has no business being a tasty breakfast, and yet I'm fucking more satisfied than I am most mornings with regular breakfasts. This eating this is, shitty uh, old pizza, you know. This this doesn't sit right with me because I prefer pizza that's been in the fridge for a bit. Well, <laughs> if you think of pizza, hot steaming Michael Bay produced shitty CGI pizza, Jamie. Is what, <laughs> what you could have, or you can have, you know, yesterday's cold pizza, isn't it? And in that way, it's it's a metaphor that works for you. I agree, Jamie. Cold pizza is delicious. As is this film. It shouldn't It shouldn't be, but it is. Is anyone else going to change the metaphor? Or, you know, add to it? Or I have my own. Like, it's nothing to do... It's somehow nothing to do with pizza. Well, I'm just saying, like, Anthony, you didn't actually... You didn't give a metaphor. You summed up there, and then Jamie chipped in, so I just... Th- I thought of one. That's mine ticked off done. But, you know... Mm. I'm trying to. I was trying to think of some eighties or nineties, like object that looks really weird and stylish and groovy, but is just just still belongs in the eighties and has no right to being anywhere else. Um, or nineties, yeah. Pogs. Yeah. <laughs> Not quite. Uh, no, I can't think. Yeah. I like how you yours with the pizza though, so it'd be thematic. Uh, anyone else want to jump in? Well, I've got one that like it really linked to my old obsession that I had when I was a kid with um, just this franchise. Um, I have, I still have with me. Um, it's somewhere. Um, so you're going to introduce it onto the podcast, like some kind of talking yeah. turtle time. No, I, um, Ages and ages ago, um, my grand dug out this, like, plastic, like, carrier bag, like a Tesco bag, of, like, this collection of random action figures from when I was a kid that she still had. Um, and they've actually ended up here. They're, they're sat in, in my son's room. They're all, like, set up on shelves. And a few of them are... Ninja Turtle toys that I had in, like, you know, around when this film came out. And it's... This film stands as, like, a testament to that. I'm not going to do anything with them, but I have no intention of getting rid of them. They just sort of sit there like an artefact. And your son Uh, doesn't play with them because they're shitty old toys of the past that he doesn't understand. It's 2019. He has an Xbox One. Yeah. (laughs) He's not going to fucking go near these Ninja Turtles figures that are missing accessories yeah. but they'll continue to sit on his shelf because they're part of this like 
essential part of the the pop culture that I uh... whether he likes it or not, they're staying on his yes. fucking shelf. They're, a, I don't know, they're, it's a weirdly formative, like with all its flaws included, it's it reminds like it is inextricably linked in with those shitty cash in toys that has like a it has a surprising amount of weight to it. They made them heavy back then, didn't they? They were the thick, proper plastic, not like today. I think one of them is the the one of the third film samurai ones. One of the what do they like squeeze its legs and like samurai costume pops out of its back? No, but oh. I I have I one. No, I have one that is the normal Ninja Turtles design, and you uh, you can shove his head down into his shell, and yeah. then if you his legs together, I've, his head yeah. back. I've seen yeah, yeah. That. Well, let's not turn it into, you know, toy podcast review. Um, is that what you're saying? It's it's essentially just a plastic old shitty toy from the 80s. You still kind of love it, though. Yeah, and it's I, I can't, like... Separate your own childhood as, yeah, from it. Even as I get older and I recognise that it's shit, there's still something about it. And I do I do really think there's, a, there's an earnest approach in this film that kind of makes it hard to completely write it off, even as cringy as it is at times and, you know, as stupid as some of the stuff in it is, they really did seem to be trying to do something properly with something absolutely fucking ridiculous. Hmm. Hmm. So, Abby, how does all this sit with you? What's your take? My metaphor, I think... It's going to be one of those tropes of 80s romances where the guy does something kind of dumb and he upsets his girlfriend, but then he does something really sweet later on and she's like, oh, you, I, I'm annoyed with you, but that's really cute what you just did. Yeah. I feel there's sort of a similar tension in this where they keep doing, like, plot and theme that is good and then they'll make jokes that are dumb <laughs> you just, just like Moonlight sort of... thing. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just sort of like wiggling the line all the time where it's like oh we're dumb oh no wait we're not oh yes we are so you're saying like... the turtles is every heterosexual woman's boyfriend <laughs> like oh you're a, nu- you're a knucklehead <laughs> Actually, but I love you anyway Like that makes perfect sense <laughs> yeah, it's it's basically all the boyfriends who grew up from this time. It's us. It's our generation of just oh, you dickhead. Oh, it's come the, here. The ninja turtle what made us the men we are today. Child <laughs> idiot. Yes. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> useless sorts. You've got all of the noble values, but none of the martial arts skill. <laughs> to do anything in fairness, neither did the men in the costumes of the turtles. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Anthony, did you think of an eighties thing, or are we just going to say sort just... of? Sort of. It's kind of like eighties fashion in general. It's 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 got it's very it's got a very striking and unique look. Um, it's very much of its time. It keeps trying to come back now and again. And it's acceptable, but doesn't quite work. And yeah. 
just kind of reminds you of like all the weird things from the 80s. Yeah, every now and again, you have a quick look at the pictures of your childhood and you laugh at how ridiculous you look. <laughs> yeah. And then you quietly put them away before you actually get traumatised. <laughs> That's good. So there you go. We uh, are done. Uh, Abby is now cutting us out with the... Uh, modern, the, the second generation of like Teenage Mutant Ninja theme, aren't you, Abby? The one you you, you know, the one you somehow know better than the original cartoon theme song. Turtles counting I... off. <laughs> God, Abby, you know it. She knows it. Go on. I don't know the words. I just remember the tune. Turtles counting off. One, two, four turtles. Like Wait, that, don't see one can go. Were you, uh, <laughs> someone here was disappointed that the theme from the cartoon wasn't used in this film. I mean, it is an epic theme tune. It's the best. It's the best. Instead, this the theme from the film is the one that's stuck in my head all these years. I, I remembered it even without having to watch the film again. So, actually, Jamie, take it away. He's gonna, he's, he saved you, Abby, from singing. Jamie, go! ba da is that it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this sounded like a bad attempt at Mario. Like the Mario Kart <laughs> music or something. I remember now. I found the lyrics. I'm beginning you to realise thought... we should have memorised the rap, the credits. Things we should it never do. <laughs> but no, you've thrown you've thrown down a fucking gauntlet now. Because I've got the lyrics, I'm just talking about how it fits. So it's like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's the original. I wanted the like the stupid rubbish new one, not rubbish, the newer one. Actually, these fucking lyrics. <laughs> Here on. we go. It's the lean green ninja team on the scene, cool teens doing ninja things. So extreme, out the sewer like laser beams, get rocked to the shell shop pizza kings, can't stop these radical dudes, the secret of the ooze made the chosen few, emerge from the shadows to make their moves, the good guys win, the bad guys lose, Leonardo's the leader in blue, does anything it takes to get his ninjas through, Donatello is a fellow... Has a way with chains. Raphael's the most attitude on the team. Michelangelo, he's one of a kind, and you know where just to find him when it's party time. Master Splinter taught them every single skill they need to be one lean, mean, green, incredible team. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Heroes in a half shell. Total power. <laughs> Cowabunga, dudes! <laughs> Is it called a high five when you only have three fingers? High it's three. Best. Give me three. Yeah, yeah, no, but I was thinking of that. the end. I was just thinking of the end where they all... What number of fingers do they slam together? Like, uh, 12? <laughs> like, f- between them? I don't know. Anyway, that's the Pretty podcast good. over, right, guys? Because oh. technically they still have a thumb, don't they? Would you count that towards... Uh, f- yeah. uh, the thumb is included in a high five. Got news hmm. for you. <laughs> but you don't call it a finger, is what I mean. You don't call it a finger in a high five, do you? You don't call it a high f- five finger. <laughs> like, I mean, I, what, I'm sorry I didn't establish the turtles have two fingers and one thumb. I mean, what do they have <laughs> fucking massive big toes for hands? Anyway, I was just going to say goodbye. Again. Are we done, guys? Are we done? Yes. Uh, well, I have one more note. Oh, God. Right. Somehow. It, my, only, my only note was it was really weird when he popped his head into a shell. But that's a classic turtle jape, so... 
Got that right. It is. It's just, it's just weird when he did it. Just you think about you think about what they are, and you start to feel sick inside. <laughs> but that's it. Presumably, that's it, presumably they have big, you know, flat disc-shaped penises like turtles do. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, bye. I'm gonna order a pizza. Not think about that.